So, John, what is the illest that you've ever been when you still had stuff to do so you can't just curl up on the couch? Uh, okay, well, it's probably not going to surprise you that this story involves a hangover. Okay. Hangover at work, is it? It is a hangover at work. Great. Yeah. Good story. Always a good time. Uh, yeah, when I was a back, in my, back in my student days. When you were what now? When I was, you know, younger. <laughs> when I was young, so much younger than today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, sure. Student days. Early student days. I um, used to work at HMV, mm. which for those who don't know, it's a music retail store that is uh, still hanging on by a thread. But uh, <laughs> yeah, sell CDs. When was the last time you went into HMV? Uh, I'm not sure if I ever have, to be honest. You've never been in a HMV? I, I might have, like, once applied for a job when I first moved to Leeds. Yeah? Maybe. Well, we could have been caught. Well, no, I would have been long left by then, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but th- th- it's a store that sells, like, CDs, DVDs, you know, all those things that people sure so need. Sure, the wipe this out, surely. I mean, they've they've had a few like almost bankruptcies, but mm-hmm. st- they mostly sell vinyls and posters these days. But mm-hmm. they still have CDs and DVD sections. Anyway, I used to work there, and I loved it. It was a great job. Mm. But one day, or one night, I should say, some friends of mine came to visit, and they stayed in my house, and uh, we went on a night out. And you know, one thing led to another, and we were just we were back in my flat, and everyone was just having a good old time. And then my mate, actually- sorry, sorry, wait, is this a gangbang? No. It's- <laughs> No, not Wait, a sex sorry, sorry, you just said one thing led to another yeah, and one, we all had a good time. We like, did, yes. <laughs> come on, I'm not the only one thinking that. No. Okay, no, not sexually, just, you know, one drink led to another, I should say. Okay, okay. Uh, and my friend accidentally <laughs> kicked me in the face. Yeah. I should say, I, I mean, I, I assume accidentally to this day, he claims it was accidental. Mm-hmm. He kicked me in the face and I bit my tongue. Mm. And I remember holding a towel to my mouth because my mouth was bleeding mm-hmm. and pulling it away and the entire towel was just soaked in blood. I lost a lot of blood. Yeah. It was unpleasant. Mm. Uh and then I went to sleep because I was quite tired from all the blood that I'd lost. Okay. It might through my tongue. Yeah, it sounds like you could have died. Yeah. Like choked on your own blood sort of thing. Not a great time. Uh woke up the next day with like three hours of sleep mm-hmm. and uh, had to go to work because I was like, oh I've got a shift. <laughs> so uh, you know my tongue had like healed over at this point. Well, you know, mm. whatever. And so, but, but I had I had lost, a, I would say, at least half a pint of blood through my tongue. I'd lo- it was seriously like a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. So imagine being incredibly hungover and also having less blood than a human being is supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And then having to do a full day of retail work. Well, yeah. It was rough. Yeah. Apparently I was literally falling asleep while serving customers. Who, who was on the radio that day? I don't know. Did you have like Micah and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, you remember? Yeah. No, it, it would have been... <laughs> I mean, you mean Mika, right? Mika, whatever. Yeah, I think it was all of those, yeah. I'm pretty, it would have been Mika, Natasha Beddingfield, James Blunt, Scissor Sisters, all the big artists of 2004 to 2006, yeah. <laughs> Which wouldn't oh, have made it any God. easier. Yeah. The yeah. Killers, you know. Sounds like a living hell for you. Yeah, it really was. Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin offs to Contagion. <coughs> Should I be doing that in a more glum voice? I, I, I know, like yeah. I came you, in super happy. You then. did come in like very, like, top of the morning to you. <laughs> like, this is, yeah. Well, you oh, chose this, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I'll carry on. I wanted to do Moulin Rouge, but no. <laughs> We had to watch this fucking living horror movie instead. Okay, 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 wait there. I'm not done with the intro yet. Okay, sorry, finish your intro.
<laughs> so yeah, we'll be doing contagion. We'll also be pitching some uh, drinking games and hearing from my listeners with the sequels that they come up with and posted on our Facebook and Twitter pages. So first, we're going to talk through some of our favourite moments from this <laughs> glorious film. So um, I mean, how to ch- how are we going to get this down to just an hour? We're going to give a bit of a plot summary. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Harry, the host with the most free time. Okay. <laughs> And joining me as always, the co-host who, despite having to work from home, literally finished watching this film five minutes ago. I'm s- so I, I think- said I was sorry. Work from home doesn't mean work weekends, John. You still Look, finish your job at five. I would love for that to be true, Harry, but right now it just is not. Well, Shit <laughs> hitting the fan with you. A little bit, yeah. Oh, well, that sounds like a you problem. Anyway, so, uh, Contagion. Yeah, Contagion! Wow, you're really, like, bigging this one up. Well... I don't know, it's either that or you go the other way. Like, let's do Contagion. True, yeah. yeah. What did you think of this film? <laughs> this had film, you seen it before? No, I hadn't. Neither had I. Okay. Um, this... I mean, the reason we chose it is obvious. Yeah. It's become a documentary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This film is, as far as I'm aware, it's the most realistic version of this film. However, mm. it's entirely bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> I Actually, yeah, the, the main question that I had while watching this film is... Is this film good, or is it just relevant? I I kind of wish that I'd seen this before the coronavirus became a thing. Mm-hmm. Just because I probably have watched it then and, you know, be quite scared. But I remember my sister watching it and being quite scared by it at the yeah. time when it was in cinema. But, like, now watching it, it's like... Oh, this is completely unrealistic. It's weird, isn't it? Because it, it well, gets well, so much right. Yeah, like, it does. It gets loads it, right. It gets so much detail right. And I was really like, oh God, this film's going to be quite triggering. It's going to be quite mm. obsessing. But actually, no. Yeah. It's just, if anything, the, the amount that it gets correct in terms of detail mm-hmm. makes the stuff that it kind of exaggerates for movie purposes mm-hmm. just seem even more egregious, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that it all stems down to one thing, and that's the that the disease they had in this was just more infectious and more deadly than coronaviruses. Yes. Because, like, in that one, if you get it, you will die in a few you days. Will, yeah, like, you no, no matter what. Yeah, it was doom, yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. That just let this one get a bit extreme. It wasn't so much that. It was just that there were elements of this film that were, that were so accurate, you know, and, and that I thought were done well. Yeah. But then there were other parts. I was surprised how much this film didn't, move me mm-hmm. like I wasn't engaged by any of the characters and I think it might be that there was too much going on yeah there was kind of that but because I'm so ready to be terrified by this film right now if you know what yeah. I mean yeah. yeah me too like I had really had to wait to get into the right mood to watch this yeah and I had a backup of something to watch afterwards just in case I needed it what was your something else it was going to be Picard oh sure okay. the episode of god that's getting boring it really is yeah. um... we'll, we'll take that offline but yeah I agree <laughs> Yeah, this, it just didn't have the characters that I wanted in it. No. I wanted something a bit more like, oh, I can't think of the right example now, but no, so, uh, something like Independence Day. Sure, yeah. Like that one, it's got... Should Michael Bay have directed this? Uh, I feel like he probably already has in yeah, some form. Yeah. But yeah, like have a, an ensemble cast, which this one does, mm-hmm. and have people having different stories, which this one does, and have them interlocking a little bit, which this one doesn't, mm. and also none of the stories in this are good, and nobody's good in this film. I Some like, people are unbelievably bad. Yeah. Nobody's good. No, I, f- I think what it is, it, it does have that setup of like the classic 70s disaster movie, like The Towering Inferno, mm-hmm. like Poseidon Adventure, where you've got a bunch, of, and I really like these kind of movies, 
in theory, where you've got a bunch of big, big stars. Like yeah. every, There's so many stars in this movie. You've got Kate Winslet, you've got Jude Law, you've got Lawrence Fishburne, mm-hmm. Marion Cotillard, mm-hmm. you've got Matt Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow for mm-hmm. five minutes. You know, you've got yeah. <laughs> Brian Cranston shows yeah. up. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is star-packed, which is mm-hmm. you know, interesting, but you're right, the, the storylines don't really coalesce enough. No. So it, it means that everyone gets like five to ten minutes of screen time and none of them are developed enough that you actually care about what happens to them. Well, one thing I noticed about this, um, having to listen to it a second time because somebody didn't watch it in time, was that nobody has a scene that's longer than about 30 seconds. No, it does it. It jumps around so much. It doesn't dwell on anything. No, no, and so you can't really get into any character. It never gives Matt Damon an opportunity to show emotion. No. Like, whenever he gets bad news, like, oh, yeah, so... Um, your wife's dead. Your wife's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did everything we could, whatever, and these, these are all the things that you can do, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly cut, instantly cut away. It doesn't just linger there for, like, five seconds where you can just see him just, like, sob a little bit. No. Like, his son nothing. is utterly forgotten within seconds of his, him dying. Yeah, it's crazy. I yeah. mean, it's his stepson, but... Oh, but, sure, yeah. But okay, still. Fine. Yeah, okay, sure. Like, Which, again, is completely... I mean, he lived with it. A so detail like you... is thrown out at you, like, an hour later in the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But, yeah, he never mourns for his wife. No, not really. Well, he gets his little scene at the end when he's looking back at the photos of Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, that's, but it, that's, that's it, the But it didn't the... do anything for me. It didn't, no. it, it didn't hit me in the feels, because I was like, well, I've not spent enough time with you, and you've not given me enough to feel like this. And also, also this film massively slut-shamed Gwyneth Paltrow in a way oh, that God, yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah. Like... It could not have done more to make her the most hated character in the film. Like she's Gwyneth Paltrow is in this film for all of five minutes, mm-hmm. and the first scene we see of her, we find out that she's cheating on her husband. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the only bad thing that she does, I guess. But I mean, they really lay it on thick. It's like, yeah. hey, you just walked out of my hotel room without saying goodbye to me. Want to hook up again? It's like, it's, yeah, you've it's, used this email address. It's, yeah. it's not like she's in, having an emotional affair. It's, it seems like she's just a, a slut. This film yeah. wants us to think she's just a slut. I would never yeah. call any woman a slut in real life. What I'm saying is that's what this film wants us to think about her. It's like, mm-hmm. it's okay. She's a slut, and also she's the reason all this happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not that it's her fault. The film doesn't make it seem like it's her fault, but ultimately she is patient zero mm-hmm. or patient one. I guess that the chef is patient zero. Uh, maybe he was just a carrier. You don't, you don't know if he sure, had yeah. it. I, I mean, the pig it. was patient zero. The bat was patient zero. The banana. Know. The banana was patient zero. But Gwyneth was <laughs> the, early. The, way, the way that they finished this film by showing how the disease like mm. gets started to humans or whatever. That was that was a whole load of nonsense. I mean, I felt it may be realistic, sure, yeah. but like, okay, so there's a banana and the bat's eating a banana, but then oh, deforestation's a thing. Mm. The tree gets knocked over, so the bat goes and flies away. It poops on a pig, and the pig gets into a restaurant, and then the chef shakes her hand. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, a, it was lot. contrived with a like, lot of things. I like the idea of it. I think the idea of showing you at the very end, because the film starts on day two, which confused mm. me immediately, but then I, I kind of came around to it. Like yeah. The opening scenes has a subtitle, which is day two. Yeah. And I was like, well, what was day one? But then yeah. that's clearly deliberate. It's to show you that we're, we're, it's landing you in the middle of this scenario. Yeah. And then at the very end of it, it cuts back to day one. It's like, well, this is how Gwyneth Paltrow got this disease. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in theory, I think that's actually really clever. But you're right, the way they actually did it was so heavy-handed. Yeah. It was just like, no. Yeah. And also, the film gave us no reason to care about going to pop. Like, if she was just a nice lady who was traveling who got sick, mm. that's okay. Like, she why did she need to be a horrible human being? That's the thing with that. The, the problem I've got with this film, or problem number 23 I've got with sure, this yeah. film, mm. 
is that it's way too detailed. Mm. It's so overly detailed, it's making it feel like it's based on a true story. Yeah, you're right. It's like and, they need to get all this information in, but yeah, like, you're making this so, up, it's fine. So like, why does she need to be cheating on her boyfriend or husband? Like, why is that important? It's not important. You can no. you can write that out and the film doesn't change. It makes one no bit. difference. It, it makes a better film. It yeah. honestly feels like somebody needed to say, Because well, then, she, then she's just anybody. She's relatable. Yeah. You know what I think it is? My This is my pet theory on this. Is that in 2011, that was about the time, I think, when Gwyneth Paltrow started to go from being like a famous lady who'd been mm. in films and won an Oscar, mm-hmm. like who people were like, oh, she's quite, you know, who people liked, yeah. to being kind of a hate figure. Mm. Like she really went through a phase where people just fucking hated her. Mm. Like fairly or unfairly, because she did all, like that website, she has Goop, where she sells mm. stupid hippie shit. <laughs> like the, I think this film came out about the time when like the media decided that Gwyneth Paltrow was just somebody everyone hated. Mm. And I think this film is like playing into that a little bit by making, oh, like come to watch this film and watch Gwyneth Paltrow, this person that you... you that's so overexposed that you're so sick of, now you can watch her die. Yeah. It'd be like, <laughs> if this film was made today, that character would be played by Jennifer Lawrence. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this yeah. person who's yeah. been through the whole celebrity, like, won an Oscar too young, mm-hmm. then got, started cute, then got annoying, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you know, the whole way they just spit, chew women out and spit them out. Yeah. Basically, that was where Gwyneth Paltrow was at, and I feel like this film felt the need to make her hateful. Mm. But I, I think it was a bad choice because if she, if she was just a regular lady who was just a regular working mom who was on a business trip, would caught a disease, it'd be so much sadder. It would have been way more emotional yeah. if you see that she's got a very he- healthy relationship with Matt Damon. Yeah. Instead, it's like, oh, well, she deserved to die because... I'm yeah. not, I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not, not saying that people who have affairs I'm not, deserve I'm not, to I'm die. Like, why, why did the kid have to be a stepson? Yeah. What, what, why couldn't it just be his, his actual it's son? It's such a weird choice. Because yeah. then it would have been way more emotional for him, would have been yeah. harder. Yeah. And... It, it's know. all done to give Matt Damon's character a pass, and it's so weird because it doesn't need to happen. Mm. It would be so much better for all of that. That, that entire family plotline would make so much more sense if he just lost his wife and his son, and he could genuinely be devastated, mm. rather than it just being like, well, at least my daughter's still alive. Yeah. There was no need for it. It was weird. There's also a whole thing with him, how apparently he's immune. Yeah. That never comes up again after it's mentioned. Yeah, are we supposed to believe that like he's part of the third of the population that's immune, just naturally immune? I, maybe it yeah. didn't really go into it. It was like he was a superhero. Yeah, they it, they just never touched it. No, they did. They could have said like, oh, some people are immune, mm. but they never said some people are immune. They just said Matt Damon's Im- immune. Matt yeah. Damon's immune. It was very strange. Yeah. And then when he said, "Well, can you use my blood to make a cure?" They're like, "Oh no, that'd be too expensive." Yeah, and then thinking just, they just waved it away. Like, yeah. yeah, millions of people are dying right now. Yeah, spend that money. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm immune, can't you use my blood to cure this? Blood serums can take a long time to make and are very expensive. But the good news here is that you're not going to get sick. Okay. Um then that would mean that uh, that my daughter can't get it either, right? I I can't promise you that. But isn't that something that she, she would inherit from me? Well, half her immune system came from you, but the other half came from her mother. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I thought was... So, you remember the... the woman at the end who discovers the vaccine? Uh, now we'll Jennifer get, Ely, yeah. Yeah, now we'll get to this, but... Yeah, I know you... Yeah, okay. Um, so, her way of discovering it, in fact, no, we'll get to it right now. Her okay. way of discovering it is bollocks. Yeah. So, she just seems to pick a vaccine seemingly at random out mm. of the ones that they've already tested on monkeys that have all failed. Yeah. She picks number 57, which mm. is the highest number, so I guess it's the latest one. Sure. But they've done 57 tests, which firstly doesn't seem like very many. No. And uh, she just injects herself, 
and then goes to the hospital to go and see her dad. To kiss his sweaty, sweaty fever forehead on the... Yeah, and so she's like, okay, well, this is going to save me, and, you know, remember that scientist you told me about when I was a child? That worked for them, and so this is going to work for me. And the dad's like, oh, you're going to win a Nobel Prize for this. Firstly, I don't think they give Nobel Prizes to people who practice science that badly. Mm. You don't inject yourself. No. (laughs) It's just not a thing. It was weird. It you would was... you would never be hired by a lab again. No. If you if you did that, just because you got lucky and it worked. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. But also the thing that I was thinking that would have made this film a bit better. Sure. Is if her dad was uh, the guy um, at the start who managed to grow the cells. Oh, Elliot Gould. Yes. Yeah, the guy. Who that would have made more who, sense. The guy yes. who was in Friends is uh, yeah, Jack yeah, Elliot, Elliot Gould. Yeah. Um, married to Barbara Streisand. Or Elliot. was married to Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Not anymore, actually, but he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like if. If her dad was him, yeah. then that, that would just be... That so much more sense, because then yeah. when he's in the hospital bed sweating and dying, and she's like, I'm going to kiss you on your sweaty-ass forehead. Yeah. Because like, like, it means something. Because yeah. like she said, oh, and you stayed in your lab helping people when everybody else came yes. up and finished. And that would have really worked to be Elliot Gold, was it? Elliot Gold, yeah. Yeah. You're right, that is so... Because he just never comes back. No. So, you're right, that is such it an just... easy win. Just like, yeah, that could yeah. be his... Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Like... This film goes into too much detail. It can make it simpler and just make more people related. It really needed to streamline its characters a little bit. Yeah. Definitely. What was going on with Marion Cartier? And uh, what's-his-face from Skyscraper? Oh, was that who it was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah this this was the weirdest plotline for me because it, the rest of the film feels like it's mostly trying to stay in the realms of, like, science and, mm-hmm. you know, showing you actually how this might happen. Mm-hmm. And then her one is, was doing that too for the first half, and then she gets kidnapped, and I was like, oh, why? Yeah. And then she just disappears from the movie. Yeah. Very strange. And yeah. She, and she goes, she, she teaches English to this, this she just, village somewhere in Asia. It's like she just accepts it, and she's like, okay, I've been kidnapped, but, you know, fine. Yeah. That was... I didn't understand the point of that plot. You could have lifted her entirely out of this movie. Yeah. Like, entirely. She has no... Impact on the movie that is of any relevance to anyone else. The bit of the point that they were trying to make was that, okay, yeah, these health professionals, they will get kidnapped um, mm. in times like this. And Is know, there any proof of that, though? Oh, no, I'm just... I'm just paraphrasing the movie. I'm just paraphrasing, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and in that case, you know, people are probably going to be demanding uh, the medicine, so we just give them placebos. Yeah. That's, no, that's, that's an what, interesting... That's, that's what that was. Yeah, that's an interesting, like concept and is probably not far removed from the truth but this film didn't feel like it was interested in politics no we never meet the president no we never meet any of the higher ups we only meet like the the most high authority figure is either Lawrence Fishburne or Brian Cranston Mm -hmm. who I I couldn't figure out entirely what his role was but I think it was like (laughs) something to do with was he a governor or a senator? Or? I, I have no Sometimes idea. he just looked like a police officer. He was wearing like probably <laughs> he was wearing like you know it could have been an army general. But like he, why, why he, was he doing the bingo at the end? Yeah, I, I have no idea who he was supposed to be, but mm. I gathered he was in some position of authority. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was very strange that they didn't really get into like the the really hard decision making about you know when they introduced the lottery system for the vaccine. They mm. don't show you anyone making that decision. It's just like well, this is a decision that's been made. Yeah. Which is strange. Yeah. Yeah. And and Marion Cossiard was... It's a shame, like, her character was just completely wasted, really. Like, mm-hmm. she didn't get anything to do. She just gets kidnapped halfway through the film, then she disappears, and then she comes back at the end, briefly. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Also, awful wig. <laughs> awful, awful wig they put her in. Yeah. Okay, well, speaking of prosthetics, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jude Law's tooth. Yeah, I never <laughs> noticed that Jude Law had bad teeth before, so is it just this film? I don't think he does. 
But what was what what character choice? Well, I'm is pretty that? sure he does a lot of smiling in the holiday, and we saw, yeah. watched that recently. Sure, no, he does have a million dollar smile. Yeah, so yeah, was it a choice? I don't. Do you think it was his choice or the movie's choice? I, I, I feel know. like he does make a lot of choices. In this, yeah, yeah, you know, what I mean, like as an actor, he always has like an idea, you know, like like how in Dom Hemingway, how he just he, how he how he's just randomly fat, or in yeah. what, or in um whatever weird stuff, or in AI, he's got like crazy, he's doing crazy ballet all the time. Mm. I think just Jude Law is one of those actors, like, well, for this film, I'm going to do this, and it's like, well, we just kind of wanted you, yeah, but he's just like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be Australian <laughs> with bad teeth, yeah, like, yeah, I, I didn't know why his he it, was it, it didn't. It was completely unnecessary because even if he was English, yeah. you know, which is his fine, yeah. his, that, that's, that's an his comfort he, zone, he yeah. can do. That still makes him a foreigner in in the US. Yes, but that also doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter who he is, where he's from. I don't know if he's based on some kind of blogger, mm-hmm. but uh, he's both the best and the worst thing about this film. Yeah, <laughs> he's the most interesting. He is, and again, it's weird. Like there is an absolute grain of truth in that. Like especially now, if you look at the world today as opposed to the world when this film came out, it's mm. it is a little bit prophetic. There are lots of like blogger type people who are way too much influence. I can mm. definitely see how that character of the alt right blogger is influencing people far more than yeah is healthy. You know what I mean? That's would be interesting if not for the fact that this film plays it so heavy-handedly. Mm. This uh, what one thing I really noticed, and I think I mentioned this to you while while I was watching it, is that this film really feels like it was written by middle-aged men. Yeah. When every anything modern in this film, any anything about like the internet or social media, this film is so old man shouting at cloud about it like it really it's just ridiculous like there's bit, so many scenes where jude law's character just gets like sh- shouted down by people like blogging's not journalism <laughs> just punctuation yeah uh, i don't know there were so many lines like that it was just like there's so much you can criticize about these kind of people the kind of people he's representing mm-hmm. but this film is just it doesn't understand what it's trying to criticize and it yeah. just makes it takes away the credibility so much mm-hmm. What was the name of his blog again? Or his YouTube channel? It was uh, something Truth so- Serum Now. Truth Serum Now. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Shows novel characteristics and appears to be chimeric in origin. Virus is 15 to 19 kilobases in length and containing 6 to 10 genes. Typical of a paramyxovirus. Godzilla, a potentially King a Kong, mutant on and Frankenstein. Pan- 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 all in one. Hold on, shit. I'll, I'll call you back. And you've got it in there, haven't you? Oh, really? Look, Where get away from? from here, Military, Alan. You're not a doctor and you're not a writer. Organism. Yes, I am a writer. Yes, I am. Blogging is not writing. It's graffiti <laughs> with punctuation. I am a journalist, and there's informed discussion on the blogosphere that this is a biological weapon. If you want to talk to me, call my office and make an appointment. Yeah, this, this film got a fair few things right. Yeah. Um, like It say, probably got more right than wrong, but it just wasn't I think very so, engaging. Yeah. I, I think that just what it got right, it, you know, Lawrence Fishburne saying, yeah, yes, you need to wash your hands, you know, and keep some distance apart and social isolation and stuff like that yeah there was a lot of stuff where you're just like oh wow this is so oh i mean obviously the reason that is is that clearly to their benefits the writer director mm. of this film spoke to medical professionals they would have been yeah. like well what will happen if there is an outbreak of this level and they yeah. told people what it would be and it'd be like don't touch your hands which mm-hmm. we hear all the all the time now it mm-hmm. would be 
don't socialize. It would be, you know, it's going to spread at this rate like the flu. It's going to mm. be about all about social distancing. So much of this film is so on the money, and that's there's a reason this film has suddenly become super relevant. You know, mm-hmm. loads. We're not the only podcast talking about this film right now. No. You know, people are watching it, but I think what it succeeds on, like factually, it fails on emotionally and in terms of characterization. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately it's just a bit. Bit rote. Mm. It is. It is. It, it does. Like you said, it, it really feels like a film that was too detail oriented, and mm. it's not actually got a very strong screenplay or yeah. sense of who the characters are. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm digressing. Uh, okay. Cool. <laughs> drinking games. Drinking games. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So first up, drink whenever somebody coughs. Drink for coughing. Yeah. I think Kate Winslet coughing is going to haunt my nightmares for a while yeah. now. <laughs> she was the most upset. Well, I wasn't upset, but I was. She was the most disappointed I was when she passed away. Yeah, it's only because she's Kate Winslet, though. Yeah, I was like, you survived the disaster. You, you literally survived the Titanic. <laughs> That's your role. Yeah. Kate Winslet doesn't die halfway through the movie, oh, like, well. except in this one she does. Sorry. No, no, I agree. Okay, drink for cough. I mean, the film opens with a cough. That's a, that's a good actual drinking game for this film. Similarly, drink for touching... Okay. Yeah. In which I don't mean just like when people touch people. I mean when like people touch things. This film or... does a. I will say this film does a really good job of getting that across without mm, making yeah. it really heavy handed. Yeah, it really does. Like I thought it might do a thing where, like you'd see like green, you know, CGI green germs or something like <laughs> you know something really over the top. But it makes you notice it just because you know what kind of movie you're watching. Yeah, it just kind of lingers on door handles just, just a, a second, little bit. Yeah. yeah, it's really well done, especially at the first few scenes of the film, mm. like when Gwyneth Paltrow hands her credit card over. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably because right now we're so hyper aware of that. Yeah, I think so. But definitely, it's also it's filmed in an era pre-contactless, so they're able to do that. Where like yeah. she holds, she coughs, she holds her card, she hands it to a mm-hmm. bar staff. The bar staff takes it to the till. He presses, he holds it, he presses the button, and then the mm. other guy touches the same but it's like it really does a fantastic job of expressing how germs can travel mm-hmm. so yeah. did you also get really annoyed by the guy in the queue who's one point behind Matt Damon and this is a queue where literally everybody is wearing a gas mask yeah for some reason apart from Matt Damon and he's, this... in, he's, he's invincible okay that's fair <laughs> um, and then this guy behind yeah. who just does an open mouth cough Matt Damon says could you cover your mouth please and the, mm. the guy just says oh fuck off well, or something like that. I was like, mate, can you not see what the situation is right now? You're all queuing up for drugs because you're all scared you're about to die because you're all coughing on each other. Well, my my second drinking game was actually for open mouth coughs. Great. Because <laughs> that happens a lot of them. There's so much, yeah. And I know they have to like get that across, but it's like at the point when the whole world realises it's, it's a pandemic. Like, There's mm. that woman who's Jude Law's girlfriend, maybe? Mm-hmm. Is it the same woman or is it a different woman who Matt Damon and his daughter run into at the shop after the re- the riot happens? Mm. And she literally walks up to him and just kind of goes, eh, eh, help me. Yeah. And it's like, cover your mouth, love. Like, why would... Uh, nobody would go up to someone and cough in their faces and expect to be helped. That no. just wouldn't happen. <laughs> no. It was stupid. Mm. Anyway. Drink whenever a scientist goes rogue. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you told me to shut this down, but I think I can crack it. Yeah. <laughs> Classic yeah. Hollywood, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Elliot Gould does that, and Jennifer Ely does that. Yeah, yeah. Lawrence Fishburne, I guess, if you count him telling his oh, yeah. girlfriend, who I thought was his daughter for like the whole movie, <laughs> really just she was clearly like thirty years younger than him. Mm-hmm. That was ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Yep. Drink for choppy editing. I mentioned it before, but just mm. classic Soderbergh editing, just jumping all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Um, drink for bad dialogue. Mm. Oh yes, fuck me. This movie had some terrible lines. 
I like I liked it when the doctor um, told Matt Damon his wife was dead. He's like, yeah, so this happened and this happened, and unfortunately, your wife did die. Yeah, in like <laughs> he he tells him in a corridor. Yeah, he doesn't like take him to a quiet room. He doesn't sit him down. It's like, oh, by the way, your wife is dead. I'm really sorry. Speak to a grief counselor. Be fine. Okay, bye. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, Jude Law's line. The blogosphere is exploding over this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everything about blogging was so out of touch. It was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I liked how Jude Law was constantly meeting that like shady business guy who eventually dobs him in, in just a rainy park in a parker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, my worst line of dialogue is, I think, when the two scientists are, like, they so they saw off the top of... Gwyneth Paltrow's head, which mm-hmm. I was not prepared for. Uh, yeah. That was when I was like, okay, this movie is just a big fuck you to Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Like, there's an yeah. element of this movie that is just like really leaning into the fact that people dislike Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm-hmm. But then they saw off the top of her head and they mm-hmm. peel back her face. And mm-hmm. It's so weird. And then they find the disease just buried in her like mm-hmm. cereb, you know, in her, in her in brain, brain yeah. basically. And he's like, one of them says, um, should I call someone? And the other guy says, call everyone. <laughs> just come on. Should I call someone? Call everyone. Um, I liked it when the daughter said, Why can't I invent a shot that prevents time from passing? Yes. Oh, my God. That was a fun one. Okay, drink for every shot of the daughter texting her wet boyfriend. With stupid teen speak that was obviously written by 40-year-olds. Do you think he would have been Timothy Chalamet if it was today? Oh, he was 100% like pre-Chalamet Chalamet. Chalamet. Mm. I really picked up on that too. Yeah. Like, yeah, all the text messages where it's like, so her mom is dead, mm-hmm. or her stepmom is dead. Uh, her stepmom. I think it's her stepmom. Okay, yeah. fair enough. She's sat in the funeral parlor with her grandma and her dad, who's just lost his wife and his stepson. Yeah. And the the her boyfriend's like, "How are things going, babe?" or whatever. Yeah. And she just texts back, "Sad face, smiley." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> I think my my favorite line of dialogue in this mm-hmm. was, uh, "It's fearing us out faster than we're figuring it out." <laughs> Well, he doesn't have anything better to do. Oh, dear. Who said that? Uh, Lawrence Fishburne of to course. somebody. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of really bad... The screenplay of this film was not good. Yeah. Like, for as much as it got right, it was so cheesy. Mm-hmm. Any more? Drinking games? Think, no, I think I'm done. Okay, well, I've got one more, okay. um, which is drink whenever medical experts clearly don't understand what scientists are saying. <laughs> I've got two examples. Go for it. Um, we can't even grow it. And then the experts say, but have you developed a vaccine yet? <laughs> like, no, they can't grow it. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> They're telling you something no, so it probably means they haven't got the you know the final product you're asking them for. Yeah. Um, and then following up from that, do we have a vaccine? No. Can we put a vaccine in the water supply? Well, no, of course not. <laughs> you don't have a vaccine. <laughs> so you can't... What? And that was Lawrence Fishburne saying that. We all yeah. thought he was smart until he no, said that. Yeah, he's the voice of reason in this They don't film, have a vaccine, so can we put a vaccine in the water supply? No! No. That, that, that's something like, he's the smartest person in this movie and he still seems dumb. Yeah. That is, that's a sign of a bad movie in many ways. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, so is that that? I think, um, yeah, I think we're done. Great. Okay, so before we get sequels, just want to let you know two things. Uh, firstly... We've actually launched a brand new website. Yay! Um, it's taken me a, a few weeks to build it. Yeah, well done, Harry. Scratch. Harry has put a lot of time and effort into this, and it looks absolutely fabulous. So, yeah. well done. Thank you, Harry. Thank you very much. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, so I'm actually a freelance web developer, so that's why I did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, built it from scratch, by the way. But the thing that you might care about on it is, because you know, most people don't care about websites or how it looks or whatever, 
um, we've added quizzes to it. Pub quizzes, yeah. Because me and John, we do a pub quiz at the end of every month um, in our local pub. We've been doing it for nearly two years now. Yeah. Um, it's going to go on a little un- un- unfortunate hiatus right now due to, due to the world circumstances, but we're going to try and make it work online. Yeah, yeah maybe. I think we'll, we'll still be posting the quizzes on the, yeah, 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 on the, the, on website, the website. Will continue, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got 20 quizzes so far. We're going to have a new quiz coming every month, and they're all on different pop culture topics. So, yeah. things like. Harry Potter, Star Wars, we've got a couple of Star Trek ones, Disney ones, mm-hmm. uh, Stranger Things, Breaking Bad, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like all sorts of things. We've done most things, but not all of them. Yeah. Still plenty left to get at. Mm-hmm. So there, there are about 50 questions per quiz, including two picture rounds. And um, yeah, they were great fun to do live in front of an audience. And so maybe we could uh, share that with our listeners, Definitely. see how you guys feel. Yeah. So go to beyondtheboxer.com for that. Yes. And... You know, have a look around the web the website. Yeah. You want to compliment me? Well, you know, I'm at Harry Chap on Twitter. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, you're so active on Twitter. I will be if there's compliments coming in. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what's kept you off so far. Just the dearth of compliments. Um, and secondly, as I always say, um, if you do enjoy this podcast and you think that me and John are, you know, worth your time to listen to, maybe we are also worth a little pound or two. It's a little bit of money, yeah. Yeah. So if you do feel that way, then please go to patreon.com slash beyondtheboxset um, and you can support us for as much or as little as you think we're worth. If you do that, you get a few bonus features, like a bonus show where we do film reviews. We've been doing cinema reviews up until now, but we're going to adapt and we're going to do things that are on streaming. We'll try and do try and stick to new releases where we can, but I don't think that's always going to be possible, no. so we're going to be doing well, some old classics. It's I was going to say, you know, in the interest of you know getting people through the door, you know, mm-hmm. Because we can't go to the cinema anymore, just we'll watch anything. Yeah. Literally anything. If you want to support us on Patreon for £2 or more, just we'll review it, you know. Yeah. Put some money down. We, You can make us watch literally, within reason, <laughs> if it's legal. I'm not watching none of that two girls, one cup, whatever it is, shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not watching anything about, this, about blue waffles, but generally speaking... Blue waffles? Google it. Not, not, but not in front of me. Um, <laughs> oh no, this one. <laughs> yeah, but no, legitimate cinema, or or even like, t- well, TV shows. We'll only watch one episode. We're not going to commit to watching a whole series for no, it, unless you pay not. a lot of money. Yeah, we'll watch anything and dedicate a podcast to it if you want yeah. us to over the next few months. So. so these are bonus episodes. We're just reviewing. We're not going to pitch sequels to. Well, maybe we'll give it a little go. But there's no rules applying to this one, so you can pick films that do have sequels. Yes. If you, you know, if you've really, really been wanting us to talk about Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, yeah. Then we'll do it. Just that one. I feel like Harry will be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, there's film reviews. Uh, you also get access to our exclusive Facebook group. You get extended episodes of the main show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a 30 second advert slot on the main show once a month. And you also, uh, once a month, we do a Patreon episode on the main show again, um, where we pick one Patreon at random and they get to pick the film for us. Yeah, you can guess nice. if you want to. You don't have to. But you can. That's yeah. it. All that is available at patreon.com slash set. Mm-hmm, indeed. Thank oh. you very much. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%? Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about... Bewitched at 25%. Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. 
the movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Alright then. Carry on. Sequels? Yeah. What was that? Carry on? You Carry did a little head wobble. What was that? I'm just keeping the energy high. I thought you, you were challenging me. I'm just keeping Carry the energy on. high because okay. I'm tired. Because, you know, we're recording this late because somebody had to watch the film. Okay, I apologize. I'll get to my sequel. So my sequel is based on something I was surprised by this this film. I'm just a little disappointed. Is that we didn't get a precedent. Mm. I love in these kind of like global pandemic or global emergency films, mm-hmm. you usually get at least one scene of the president. I think it's usually in films where the film's a bit more action blockbustery and sure. more unrealistic. But like this no, film like, would have been a prime big target for a president discussion. Yeah. And we didn't have it. So no. I was disappointed about that. So I would like to do a version of this film where we see what's going on a bit higher up. Because I think that's like, there's a lot, of, especially now that we're seeing in real time how politicians are reacting to this, you know, in various different ways, you know. Uh, I, th- I think it'd be really interesting. So, okay, first question. Yeah. Who is the president? Is, well, the, is the president going to be based off a or the real life president? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be a made up person? Well, I think because this film is set in 2011, it should be an Obama-esque president. In, in the classic mold of every action movie that came out between the years of 2008 and 2016, mm-hmm. the president should be an Obama type. That's why you did this recently. I did. No, no, no. I did. So here's the thing. Don't worry. I know I did this recently. I'm aware <laughs> of that. I'm not resting on my laurels. I, I mean, this is this a through. minor detail of not. I'm not saying you relived, redid a, an entire idea. No, but... Like that time you did the Truman Show two weeks in a row or something. Let it go. That was two years ago. No. <laughs> No, 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 I thought about this. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm not. Oh, that was a bad time. <laughs> it was. Well, not my finest week. But no, 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 no. I've really thought about this. So, we open this film. We open my sequel on the highest tower of China's highest skyscraper. Oh God, <laughs> John, you're taking it too far already. It's a meeting of the UN. Yeah. That has just been Why? subject to an attempted kidnapping. Why would the UN meet at the high that the the highest room in the highest for tower. prestige. Like, you know, the, this Chinese... waiting, waiting for True Love's first kiss or whatever. No, we discussed this on the Skyscraper episode because they've just rebuilt the highest ever tower in the world. Mm. And what better way than to promote the new tower than to have the, a meeting of the UN there on the, mm-hmm. on the top floor. You know, it's the ultimate, you know, in prestige. Mm-hmm. So the president and all the other world leaders are all on the top floor of China's highest tower. Yeah. And they've just been rescued from this terrible terrorist slash kidnapping operation. Uh, they've been rescued by The Rock and Bruce Willis, as per our skyscraper episode. Sure. Yeah. So you're doing a sequel to your own I- I'm idea. doing a sequel to my own sequel. I'm creating a cinematic universe. Brilliant. So the president of the USA, who is an Obama type. Mm-hmm. He's not Obama, but he is an Obama type. Mm-hmm. So he's just survived this kidnapping operation by... Mm-hmm. Who did I say was the villain in my, in my Skyscraper sequel? Uh, the same guy, because he... he, he th- as he was falling out the building, he threw a grenade. Oh, yes, it was the same Swedish guy. Yeah, it was the same Swedish guy. Well remembered, yeah. Okay. So he just survived that. So, you know, obviously, it's a lot of panic, then a lot of relief. He's alive, he's good, everything's okay. Just as he's being, like, helicoptered out of the building, he gets an urgent notification... Mr. President, there is a viral outbreak mm-hmm. spreading across America. And he's like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, he's just gone from one, you know, mm-hmm. disaster to another. 
So he immediately flies back to America for a full briefing. Mm-hmm. And I think the first half of this movie, it's going to be playing parallel to the events of the actual film Contagion, where the president has to make a lot of hard decisions about uh, you know, when to tell the public, what reaction to take, how to spread the vaccine when the vaccine is finally mm-hmm. made available, whether it's ethical to spread a vaccine when it's not had the usual 18 months minimum testing which mm-hmm. is why you can't have vaccines straight away you need to test to make sure there's no long-term effects on mm-hmm. people yeah so he's having to make all these executive decisions very quickly so i, I just i like the idea of like a courtroom a high drama courtroom movie mm. and i'm thinking because it's steven soderbergh and you know, we've done him before director wise i'm thinking as it, in addition to the president we can have george clooney playing the Secretary of Homeland Security. Okay. And Jennifer Lopez, J-Lo, playing the Secretary of State. Mm-hmm. And maybe the two of them have got competing agendas in terms of what they want to happen. Yeah. And they're okay. both petitioning the president to follow their line of thinking, their mm-hmm. strategy. And they're completely at loggerheads, but they're also kind of attracted to each other. Oh, dear. So it's like, you know... Oh, it sounds awful. There's just this undercurrent of... It still sounds better than this, though. Yeah. <laughs> I think in the grand tradition of J-Lo playing unrealistically sexy career types mm-hmm. J-Lo as unrealistically sexy Secretary of State I'm here for that yeah I like that yeah, Fli- flirting with George Clooney as unrealistically sexy Head of Homeland Security ah so would you put this in your uh, your idea for Out of Sight as well where yeah you, where, where, part, where you did your J-Lo box set this idea. is definitely part of the J-Lo Cinematic Universe too yeah that was that was a weak idea <laughs> look I did what I had to do <laughs> so that's going to be the first half of this movie it's going to be the president of the united states having to make all of these hard decisions okay, okay yep. based on you know kind of real decisions we have to make the second half of the movie is going to be a direct a, a natural sequel to contagion mm. which is going to be when they do finally find the vaccine which obviously we see being developed in the original film by jennifer Ely, mm-hmm. and it goes around the world and obviously that's a whole very controversial thing in terms of how they decide who gets it and when with the lottery system you know yeah. which a lot of people are going to have problems with uh, but ultimately it does work and it quells the virus and things generally die down mm-hmm. but now what we're seeing which is obviously in line with what is going to be a problem for us in the next year or so, if not more, is that the fact that the entire world got hit by this massive epidemic that killed millions of people in the space of a short amount of time, mm-hmm. forced massive shutdowns around the world, is that what follows that is a massive global recession. Mm-hmm. So suddenly this president is having to deal with the fact that, you know, he's, he's steered his country through the worst health crisis that's been seen since the, world, the, the Second World War. Now suddenly his country is, as is the rest of the world, is hugely in debt. Yeah. Unemployment is skyrocketed and the entire world is facing a massive global recession. And how is he going to deal with that? So with unemployment reaching record heights, we're going to bring back the Jude Law character Mm. who's going to be like a right wing populist as he was in the first film kind of thing. Yeah. He's like this right wing blogger who's just an attention seeker and he's going to be championing like all the worst kind of Donald Trump style political figures so Mm -hmm. he's going to be like there's going to be some donald trump-esque kind of right-wing business type like Mm -hmm. reality tv star who's mostly known as a businessman basically a donald trump yeah and jude he's going to pay jude law to be like his mouthpiece and jude law's going to promote him on all on his blogs and on his Mm -hmm. youtube channel you know and he's going to become a hugely popular figure Uh, and it's an election year too so this is a lot of this is a huge problem for the Mm -hmm. president so we're going to see this current president who's very professional very you know sensible just wants to do the best for his country but is 
facing the fact that he's running an election in a time when the whole world has gone to shit mm. with this crazy right-wing nutbag who is making all these ridiculous <laughs> promises mm-hmm. with no qualifications. Yeah. And Jude Law on his side just amplifying him all the way. So it's definitely going to be like a satire on what's currently going on in the world, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this 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 right-wing figure, he's promising to like close the borders and reduce taxes and re- revitalize the economy and you know, make America great again, ultimately. So, yeah. yeah, sure, that makes it makes sense. Yeah, and so the, the most of this film is going to be the current president versus this new like right-wing figure fighting the election to try and get re-elected to, to the American people, trying to like work his way through a you know, an election season mm-hmm. while J-Lo and George Clooney just make googly eyes at each other, you know, <laughs> to try and win the election. And ultimately the film's going to end on like a kind of, what's the word? Like a nail biter. Yeah. You know, a cliffhanger, a cliffhanger. That's the yeah. word. Thank you, Harry. A cliffhanger. The movie's going to end on a cliffhanger <laughs> where we'd figure out whether the president has won another term or whether this crazy Donald Trump figure has actually won the country. Okay. Yeah. And led the world into a, whole world of uncertainty yeah no I like it have you got a name for it uh, that is Contagion 2 election year election yeah Contagion oh oh okay mm. let's bring in more let's make as well as Jude, <laughs> as well as Jude Law being the same character as in the original film like just mm. amplifying this right wing character maybe Tracy Flick from Election the Reese Witherspoon character oh yeah maybe she is this new right wing president's like, oh so she's the Donald Trump Don, 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 Donald Trump type. Donald Tripe? Donald Trump type. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> well, no, well, well, that could work too. She could be the president. I was thinking more she could be like the head of press for mm. the president. So you've got a Donald Trump type, this old white guy who's, you know, mm-hmm. but maybe she's like the, uh, yeah, the head of press for this new right wing organization. Mm. I, I just really like the idea of this sequel going really into like a West Wing kind of thing where it's just really going into the nitty gritty of the political situation at the time. Sure. Is this a Westworld season two reference? Because I've not Westworld, West Wing. Oh, did you say West Wing the first time? I, I did. Westworld. No, West Wing. It, West. Do you know what West Wing is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I meant West Wing, not Westworld. Sorry, yeah. might be my mistake. Um, yeah, no, cool. That's, that'd be quite good crossing yeah. over all those franchises. Yeah, yeah. Bring yeah, but yeah, definitely bring Tracy Flick in as well from yeah. Election. So it's all on the table. Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, I have done a similar thing where I've crossed over with another 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 film. Cool. Is it Stranger Things? No. Is it Inside Out? No. Good. And it's not Orange is New Black either. Right. Um, no, this one is in fact called Contagion, actually. You're kidding me. <laughs> go on, okay. <laughs> I had this idea and I thought I'd just go with it. No, sure. sure okay. um, so, uh, well, I don't know how well you know the film Love, actually. Oh, I've watched it more than I'd like to. <laughs> yeah, I know it very well. I know. Um, it's one of my. It's one of the best films. I know. So, uh, oh, you know, it's one of the best films. I know that it's a film that you hold very dear. <laughs> it starts off with a a bit of a narration from Hugh Grant. Okay. Um, Is Hugh Grant playing the British Prime Minister? Yes. Okay. I, I like, um, see, that could work the, in mine as well. Everybody's back for this. It's basically a remake of Love Actually, but it's a. It's but in in the world of Contagion, okay. So. Well, just go with me on this. Bear with me on this. Okay. Um, so it starts off with a bit of narration from Hugh Grant, mm-hmm. which I have now adapted. He says, Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinion starting to make out that we live in a world of contagion and disease. <laughs> and I see that. 
It seems to me that disease is everywhere. I've done a find and replace here. Uh, okay, I can see what you've done here. Often, it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. When the planes hit the Twin Towers... <laughs> This is legit. Let, I, I remember that this is one of the. I think that was the first time I was like, oh God, when I was watching Love Actually. Yeah. When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the people on board tried to stop the terrorists. They all queued one metre apart to go and wash their hands. Oh my God. <laughs> Continue. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling that you'll find that contagion actually is all around. Wow, okay. (laughs) Um, Where are you going from here? Okay, so now we start off with a Bill Nye music video. Contagion is all around. Um, Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I feel it in my fingers. Oh, wow, this song's got a lot darker, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, Bill Nye's music. Okay, so he's had his Christmas number one with Lovers All Around, or Christmas is All Around. Now he's recording another version for... The coronavirus awareness, which is contagion is all around me. I guess, yeah. Sure, okay. Yeah. Now, at one point, the sound engineer comes in mm-hmm. and adjusts the microphone for him. Because right. he's at the wrong height, because he's doing his weird knee thing. Oh, no, like is this how it's going to spread? And we linger on the engineer touching the mic stand. Oh, no. The engineer then walks back into the sound booth, where he touches the door handle. Oh, um, the door handle is then touched by uh, the cleaner, played by Rowan Atkinson. Sure. Um, who also cleans a video studio a, f- a few floors down. So because... Is this just coronavirus or is it the virus from contagion? It doesn't matter. Well, it does because the virus can, from contagion kills... It's the, con- it's the every- contagion virus. It sure. kills everyone. Um, so I was thinking if Bill, Bill Nye is clearly high risk. <laughs> what? He's like 77. Yeah, 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 sure. Ron Atkinson, he also cleans the uh, video studio a, f- a few floors down. Mm-hmm. Uh, while he's doing that, he coughs quite badly. Right. Uh, the next day, people come in and they start filming a porno. People including, of course, uh, Martin Freeman and... Uh, Joanna Page? Joanna Page. Okay, sure, yeah. Yeah, so they're both goners. And that also includes a lighting engineer who is friends with a guy called Colin. Oh, dear. Isn't Colin in America shagging January Jones? Was no, he no, 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 it's at the start of the film. Still. Oh, okay. So Colin then goes to a wedding. I mean, for... is this a version of Love Actually where everyone just dies? Yes. Wow. So Colin then goes to a wedding for some reason that I never quite worked out. No, yes. And uh, briefly choose a canapé before returning it to a tray and then insulting the caterer. <laughs> he later goes on to infect what he doesn't realise at the time are actually four American prostitutes. Right. Uh, that same tray of food finds its way to the bride, Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. She eats one next to Colin's one. She doesn't eat Colin's regurgitated one. Oh, good. But, uh, you know, she's infected now as well. Also dead, yeah. And uh, obviously she snogs her new husband, Shavata Elijah for... So he's this is got- the version of Latchley I've been wanting for such a long time. You're just wiping out the whole cast. So he's a goner. All right. Uh, she also goes round to Andrew Lincoln's studio flat, mm-hmm. um, where she gives him some apple pie that she's been eating. <laughs> Again, this is... Stuff that happened, yeah. yeah. Um, a while later, he then sneezes on a tape, which he delivers to a newsroom, where it is received by Alan Rickman's assistant, Laura Linney. Yeah. See, I I really love this because this is exactly what Contagion wasn't, and because it, it's like literally all the characters are genuinely connected, like very mm-hmm. briefly, and you're showing how it transmits across all of these different characters. Yeah. 
So Laura, of course, infects Alan Rickman at some point because they have a weird relationship, along with her mentally unwell brother mm-hmm. and a hot guy who she fails to have sex with. Oh, yeah, sure. Alan Rickman, he goes home and he infects his wife and kids. Not Emma Thompson. Mm, yeah, she's gone. And uh, while shopping, he buys a necklace, uh, which he infects you know, with, with plenty of disease before giving to a super inappropriate employee. Mm. He's the Gwyneth Paltrow character then. He's the unfaithful one yeah. who's spreading it beyond its means. Yeah. Okay. His super inappropriate employee then infects her front doorknob so that when the Prime Minister Hugh Grant comes knocking for some fat loving, he gets infected too. Was she living with Martine McCutcheon? No, 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 but uh, Hugh Grant does come and knock on everyone's doors. Just everyone's door while looking for her? Yeah. Okay. Remember, he knocks on literally every door in London at one point. Okay, you're right, yeah. And, and you describe that as him looking for some fat loving. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he later infects his big booty call on uh, over-the-top primary school play. Yeah. Because kids are pretty unhygienic, the drummer gets infected, and he does the worst thing possible. He breaks past airport security and snogs the girl right before she gets oh, on an international no. flight, infecting not just her, but everybody on that flight who's going to various different parts in America. Is this just like the prologue? The <laughs> no, no, this is it. But okay. I'm, nearly, I'm nearly done. The only person who I've not yet mentioned is Jamie. That's Colin Firth. Mm. Is he safe in Portugal or France or wherever he was? Yeah. See, now, unfortunately for Jamie... Oh, no. He decides to take a last-minute flight back to Portugal mm-hmm. after abandoning his family Christmas. Oh, no. To go and buy a woman off her father. Yes. He takes a flight at the same terminal that those pesky kids just slobbered all over. Oh, dear. So he also gets sick, along with most of Portugal, mm-hmm. and uh, passed that on to his new woman, who, I will remind you, is only credited as Jamie's girlfriend and has no name. Yeah. Cut to one week later, and as Love Actually finishes with everybody arriving back in Heathrow, Heathrow arrivals again, and it's just a load of body bags being up off a plane. <laughs> the Beach Boys play, and the credits roll. <laughs> that felt like something I would have written. That's like my perfect fan fiction sequel to Love Actually. Just everyone fucking dies. And so, yeah, that was Contagion, actually. I actually really like that. That is the best. That, that might be the best sequel you've ever done. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm very happy with that. Came quite easily. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Um, all right. Well, do you want to do some listen submissions? Sure. My, yeah. So my, I gather my you... regular post listen submissions did not get approved this time round because, you know, fair enough. It's a bit of an edgier topic. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I have a few. Yeah. So Scott Hillman says it's a year later and society is slowly coming back together after losing more than three million people. The World Health Organization is considered by some to be the saviors of humanity and by others to be a gang of autocratic thugs. Yeah. The movie follows several storylines, much like the original. So we have a businessman and his family who may not be as rich as they present themselves as they desperately try to reopen a local mall. Mm -hmm. A poor man trying to re-enter the dating pool. The head of the World Health Organization fighting for his job in the wake of a lot of controversy. Mm -hmm. And the fictional president of the Philippines, a country that has received only minimal amounts of the antivirus. Uh, All of this goes under the fear and suspicion that the virus might come back it's definitely going to come back. Mm. So I guess it's like a legit sequel about the next steps of what's going to happen in that world, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Very good, yeah. Uh, Vincent DePaul says, title card, everyone died from the virus. Two and a half hours of black screen. <laughs> Credits. Gabriel Canada said, the Grand Hotel Quarantine. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Jed Jong said, same cast, but now it's an alien invasion. Very good. So I guess it's just employ the same cast, but instead of a... 
Contagion movie. It's a movie about aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Invasion. I'm always here for a Hollywood... So contagion. Onset. Invasion. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Melissa Becker said, Mitch Ermhoff and his daughter, that's uh, Matt Damon and his daughter, sorry, mm. trying to move on after the death of his wife and stepson and the ensuing pandemic, decide to buy a zoo. <laughs> Remember that film, We Bought a Zoo? Oh, yeah, that yeah. That Jimmy Kimmel yep. a lot of fun of Matt yep. Damon for. Screen Idol, at Screen Idol on Twitter, said... Everyone gets much better, much quicker than ever, anyone thought, and everyone goes on to have a lovely life. Ah, optimism, <laughs> we like it. And finally, your friend and mine, Ross Burton, said, my pitch for the sequel is real life. Oh, yeah, very yeah. good, Ross, very good. Never knowingly you, not obvious. Clearly put a lot of effort into that one. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you, Ross. But no, no thank you, Ross. <laughs> we, we appreciate you, and we hope you're doing well. So thank you, everybody, for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter, where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can leave us a five-star review if you so wish. It really helps us out. Or you can also uh, subscribe to our Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would face us five stars or more if they could. And don't forget, pub quizzes. Go to beyondtheboxset.com. Yes, beyondtheboxset.com to try out all of our latest pub quizzes. Got 20 quizzes there, 50 questions each. That's a, that's a thousand questions. Yeah. And then is it over a thousand? It's not. It's exactly one thousand. Exactly. It's going to go over one thousand soon. Yeah. It's a great way to kill your time while you are, you know, stuck in lockdown. We're all bored. Mm. Let's play some pub quizzes. Yeah. yeah. So you can beat the high scores. Indeed. So all of that information is on beyondtheboxset.com mm-hmm. or in, in the info box below if you are looking at this on the internet right now. I had to wing that, but I think I did it quite well. <laughs> you used a lot of words that you didn't need to. I there. know, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Harry, next week. It's my pick next. Sure. You've just made us watch Contagion, which was... Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I feel like I really have made you watch it. You really did. And, uh, to be fair, I thought this film would be like genuinely obsessing in the yeah. current scenario. And it actually kind of wasn't. It was just kind of stupid. I think I'm glad I've seen it now. Yeah. But I thought... I feel, I feel like as... Um, I hate the term, but as a film buff... Yeah. And especially in this situation, I should have seen this. No, you're right. You're right. As an educational piece. Yeah, that's fine. So I'm just going to continue this thread for a little while. You know, I don't know how many film, how far we're going to go with this, mm-hmm. but we've watched Contagion. So I feel like the obvious next step is to watch a little film called Outbreak. Okay. Yeah. So listeners, I'm really sorry if we're entering a triggering phase. You know, we'll, you know, we'll see how long this, this might not last too long, but. For now, we're going to... Hey, let's not, let's, let's not make it last too long. Let's go on to something else afterwards. Yeah, like, well, we're going to get to Happy Affair, but yeah. next week we're going to do Outbreak, and then we'll we'll re reevaluate from there. But hey, we've got over 150 uh, previous episodes. Indeed. Listen to our Mario Brothers episode. Listen yeah. to our Birdcage episode. We've done a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen to our Love Actually episode. Sure, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah. Or just listen to our Outbreak episode next week. Yes. Cool. Great. See you then. See you then. Thanks a lot. Bye. Should I call someone? Call everyone.